morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Great to see you all in the room. Thanks for joining us online. I just want to reiterate again one of the announcements there in the announcement video that Bryce made about our city team. If you are a long-lost member of our city team, we invite you to come home. We're, as we are moving to two services and opening up city kids, kids, we want our team to come back to be able to serve all ages. So if you're in the room and you're part of the team, please connect with Julianne at the info desk um, at the, in the lobby after the service. If you're watching us online, no guilt, but come on back to the building. We want to see you. Uh, you know, you're no less, it's no less dangerous here than it is anywhere else. Come to church. Can I get an amen? All right. <laughs> One other thing that I want to mention. Do you know what's happening tomorrow in our nation? What is it? It's an election day. And if you can legally vote in Canada, I encourage you to vote. If you didn't get a voter card, you can take your license to your nearest polling station and you can vote. Now, our nation is not perfect. No nation on the planet is perfect. No nation will ever be perfect on the planet. But what I would say about the wonderful privilege that we have to vote, if you know anything about history, for 99% of human history, for there to be a change of power in a nation, you either had to die or kill somebody. So the fact that you don't have to do that and there can be potentially a peaceful transfer of power in the nation, I really feel like you should vote and not be like, this system is so imperfect. Yeah, but it's better than dying. And if you can look recently in Afghanistan, if potentially there is a change of power in our nation, you won't be fleeing to the airport. Come on now should cause us to be really grateful, and it should cause us to get involved, right? That you can pick up a pencil and not a gun and not have to fear for your life. It's, a, it's not a perfect system. Democracy is not a perfect system. It is the best that man has created to this point. And the other thing that I would say, regardless of what happens tomorrow, I'm not actually voting for a lord of my life. I have one of those. His name is Jesus. So whoever is our prime minister or our new prime minister after tomorrow, whatever the case may be, I, I'm not going to be overly sad or overly excited because I, I, Jesus, the government of my life, is on Jesus' shoulders. Amen? And we are amen. And, and what we're going to do uh, regardless of the results of the election, we are going to pray for our elected officials. We're going to pray for our prime minister. And then we get to live peaceably in Canada and we get to actually proclaim the gospel. What a blessing that is for us to be able to do. Amen. So go vote tomorrow, all right? Can I get an amen to go vote? All right. Our mission statement here at the City Church is moving people closer to Jesus. So we are in a series of starting, this is week two of a series that we have called All Together. And when we talk about moving people closer to Jesus, this is something that we do together. That those of us that follow Jesus, that our, our goal in this moment after saying yes to Jesus is to become a disciple of Jesus, to grow and learn, to not stagnate, to not just wait till we die, 
to actually grow. And this is something that we do together. We're growing together. On a Sunday, whether we're in room or online, we're watching. God wants us to grow. And this is something that happens together. And then if there's uh, somebody in our midst or somebody watching online or uh, people that aren't in our community yet that are far from God, what we want to do as a church family is we want to move those people to Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus. This is what the Great Commission is all about, salvation and discipleship. So God is calling us as a church, um, as a family of God. This is what we don't want to stagnate. We don't want to stay here in our growth. We actually want to move forward. So in this series, specifically because we're focusing on relationships, I have something that I I mentioned it last week. It's called the All Together Challenge. And the challenge is, over this last season, we've been so separated from each other and not seeing each other, that the challenge for everybody in the room, the challenge for everybody watching online, is to get together with somebody that you haven't seen for a while, someone of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Get together, have a picnic, have a coffee, get on a patio, get in a restaurant, just do something together and see how people are doing. Because once again, we're we're following Jesus, but we're following Jesus in a family. These are our brothers and sisters here in the room. These are our brothers and sisters online. God has called us to be in relationship with one another. So that is the all-together challenge, just to reach out to somebody, text somebody, say, I haven't seen you for a while, let's get together for our coffee, let's hang out a little bit, and then just to see how good that connection is. It's, it's, again, it could be like a family reunion, somebody that you haven't seen for a while. They can encourage you, you can encourage them, and then we can uh, grow together, because this is the all-together challenge. Will you take the challenge with me? Are you awake this morning? Do you like challenges? You know, life is challenging. So you need to like life, but I'm adding another challenge for you. Just to get together. It's not that hard to get together with somebody. See how somebody's doing. And then also, if you're newer to the church, you know, we're going to be launching groups in October. It'd be great for you uh, to get into a city group, to be able to meet some new friends. That's what groups are all about, creating an environment for friendships to flourish. Because of some of the things that we're talking about in this series that can only happen in the context of actually close relationships. The only way you can have a close relationship with somebody is going to take time. So you have to be able to invest the time so that we can have a relationship with each other. God has created us with this longing for relationships, for friendship. And this is one of the things that we see in creation, that God created everything and it was good. And then the one missing thing for Adam is that there was nobody for him to have a relationship with. Now, this is not something that's as a result of the fall or sin, that the Trinitarian God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, existed in relationship before existence, before creation. And because for them to be loving, they had to love each other, and they were created in the image of God. God is a relational being, so our desire... For friendship, our desire for relationship actually is a longing that has come from God. And all that God has called us to do, the New Testament command of love, is for us to love other people, not just to love the air. But we actually got to love other people, be in relationship with each other. So all the things that God has called us to do, man, we can only do those in relationship, and you've never done anything successful alone. 
even if you did something individually for you to get to that spot where you were good as an individual, somebody trained you, somebody taught you, somebody mentored you. So all of the things that God is asking us to do, to grow, to serve, to have joy, to be generous, all of these things happen in the context of relationships. So take the plunge. Take the plunge of friendships. Some friendships, sometimes they go bad and they're difficult, but don't opt out of relationships just because you have bad one or two relationships. It's going to be a risk. We all got to take the risk to be in the context of relationships. And so our foundation in all of this, you know, the scripture tells us that we have fellowship with God, but then we also have fellowship with each other. It's not either or, it's both and. It's not just worshiping God. Yes, it's worshiping God. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week. But it's worshiping God and then being in relationship with one another. There's a vertical aspect, obviously, to our relationship with God. But then the commandments, the thoughts, the way to live is all about the horizontal, how we live in the context of family, how we live in the context of friendship, how we live in the context of our job and our career and our community and our place and culture and our place in a society, all of that is the horizontal. All of that is me and you being in relationship with each other. So the foundation of our relationship with God shows up in our relationship with each other. And we know this, that broken relationships in that context and the tactics of the enemy take place where there's envy and strife. We know there's every evil work Envy and strife, what is that? That's relationships that people have. See, the enemy wants all of us to be at odds with each other all of the time, and we can see this in culture. Polarization is happening on every subject. Every subject we have to take stand, and we got to pick a fight, and we got to uh, have some people on our side, and we got to be against some people, and we got to call them names. This is what the enemy wants to do. Wants us to all have broken relationships. But we and the church should be wise, and we should know the tactics of the enemy, and we should overcome the tactics of the enemy with love, with loving each other, being in strong, healthy relationships. So what is the, the ethos? What is the spirit of relationships that God has called us to? Now, I was, when I was thinking about this series, you know, we actually have a covenant with God. God is a covenant-keeping God. The scripture is all about covenants that God makes with man. And then the final covenant that we live under is the covenant that God has made with man through Jesus Christ. Now, covenant means this. It means deep emotion, intimacy, open communication, willingness to do anything for one another, loyalty, faithfulness, unmotivated kindness, covenant loyalty. Now, last week we talked about different aspects of friendships, and we had five C's. If you missed that message, you can go and catch up with us online, but we can see all of these things again. Now, this idea, I love this definition, the covenant concept is central, unifying theme of scripture, establishing and defining God's relationship to man in all ages. Covenant with one another. This is the umbrella of our relationship with God. All of these loyalty things and these faithful things and all of these kindness ideas. We are a covenant with God, but then you and I, because we're in the family of God, we're in covenant with one another. 
we're family. And like I said last week, for us to move from family to friends, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some investment of energy. But make no mistake, you and I are going to be together forever. So if you don't like me right now, it's time to start. (laughs) And if I'm struggling with you because you might be a Montreal Canadiens fan, i got to work through that in my heart. You know what I mean? And I guess I have eternity to figure it out. I can't figure it out. If you're born in Ontario, you just don't care for the Montreal Canadiens. The Lord will help me with this. I'll figure it out one day. I have eternity. That we are going to be together forever. Why? Because God has cut a covenant with man through Jesus. We are his family. So look down the row, friends, at the people sitting in your row. We're going to get to see each other forever. You're invited over to mine and Nicole's mansion. I think we're still living together in heaven. You're invited over to our mansion. We're going to have a golf course in our backyard, the new heavens, the new earth. I'm still going to crush you in eternity. That's okay. You'll still have to love me. But we're in this together. And all of life is better in the context of relationships. God has given us this longing for friends. God has given us this longing for marriage so that we can have children. So that we can be in relationship with our children. God has put this longing on the inside of us. It's there. Let's not ignore it. It's there for a reason. See, there's a call and a purpose of together. In other words, God calls us to be together, and then there's a reason for it. God is calling us to be in relationship with our brothers and sisters in the family of God. But then there's a reason, there's a very specific reason that we can't ignore. And in the context of healthy relationships, there is reciprocity, there is a give and a take, there is a, a back and forth. We can see here. Here in these verses that I'm about to read, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, very famous verse about relationships. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, for their work, for the difficulty that we're going to go through. Because that is what life is like. It's toil, right? There's work to do. You know, my wife and I were discussing this, you know, where our daughters are down uh, at, at school in the States and we're missing them. And it was, a, it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of hard work to get them down there and it wasn't all smooth. It wasn't all easy. But we're, we're so convinced now that they're there in the will of God and doing what God wants them to do that there was a toil that we went through. <laughs> and really only Nicole and I and our family know all of the toil that we went through. And that we share that together. That we were there for each other in that very difficult season. And one day I was frustrated and she was like, no, it's going to be fine. And then another day she was frustrated. I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. That's why two are better than one. And that's not just for marriage. That's for us in the context of friendships. That there's a toil, that there's a work to living in this broken world. And it's never good to be alone. It's never good to think, man, I gotta go through this alone. Don't. You got a family sitting on your row. You shouldn't be going through life together. 
Verse 10, for if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. If he falls, then he has not another to lift him up. You're not supposed to be going through life alone. And like I said, in the context of the family of God, fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, this is the call. There's a reason for the call. Again, if two, verse 11, again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Verse 12. And though a man might prevail against the one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. What is that threefold? That, that's being Nicole in our marriage. And, and what's the third cord? God. And then within the context of our friendships, it's, it's you and I, and then what's the third chord? It's God. We're together. Why? Because we're going to go through stuff, living in this broken world, not stuff that God is bringing, because God's not bringing evil into our way. He's the one helping us. He is the third chord, resisting the works of the enemy. So when you have friends, when you have covenant friends, they're there. Through thick and thin, in good times, in bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. What's the next line? There we go. Are Dion Warwick's fans all right? That's what friends are for. Friends aren't the ones that leave you when things get hard. What are, what, what are true covenant friends like? We're there. We're just there. I'm just there. I'll be there. I'm available. Why would we do that? Because that's the nature of the relationship that we have with God. God has not quit on any of us. Have you noticed that? His mercies are new every morning. So that's our model of relationships. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Listen, we can all celebrate together, and we should. That's one of the aspects of the family of God. That we celebrate together. When a baby is born, when you get a raise, when you get a new job, something goes good in your life, and we're going to celebrate with each other. Those are the easy things, Right? Those are the fun things. Praise God for those celebration moments. But because of the world that we live in, we know that there is going to be adversity. And a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. I'll stand with you. I'll pray with you. You got my support. We're in this together. All together, the family of God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. See, here is one of the purposes of the call. Here's one of the reasons of the call. Exhort one another. As long as it's called today, that none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. 
sin is deceitful. And sometimes it takes a friend to be like, hey, bro, you're going down the wrong road. Because not everybody can recognize that they're in sin. Because, you know, the scripture says that you can enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. In other words, sin can be enjoyable. Sorry to burst somebody's bubble in the room. But then, at the end of it, is destruction. A season. The season will come to an end. And then you need a friend there to pull you out of that season. See, I, I, I've talked to a lot of pastors the last little while. And everybody's church is smaller than it was 18 months ago. Everybody's church. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that has left church over the last season, whatever their case may be, all of these different things, but it's very easy when we're not together to fall away. When you're on your own and temptations are coming, and you're not reaching out to anybody and you have no closeness, you have nobody else that when, when you fall and, you, and you're not able to get up on your own, what happened? The deceitfulness of sin could harden us. And listen, and I'm not saying this to look down at my nose at anybody, because you know as well, you've been in a season of sin where it's hard in your heart. I know for sure in my life that's true. And even if you don't admit it, I know it's true. Because sin can harden you. And one of the, fir the first things, one of the first things that the enemy will do With one of our family members, he separates them and gets them alone. You see, nobody loves you there at that church. Nobody cares about you. Have you ever seen wild animals when they're attacking a herd? What do they do with the herd? They try to get the weak animals separated from the herd. Because that weak animal, when they're separated from the herd... And we can take them down. That's what the enemy wants to do. Separated people. And again, I don't say this with any anger because I'm, I'm hopeful that these people are watching this morning. But there is some people in our church that I was reaching out to early in the season of the lockdown. And they were communicating with me and talking with me. And then, and I get it. You know, your pastor's reaching out to you. It's like it's your dad or something. They just stopped responding. And I, and I don't feel anger. I just feel, I just, I'm bothered that they were alone. And they didn't have somebody to be like, hey, 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 I know you messed up. I know you made a mistake. But don't let that mistake that you made, don't let it harden your heart. And don't let that mistake you made or that struggle that you went through don't receive lies about the church. Don't receive lies about your brothers and sisters that they don't care about you. See, the enemy wants us to get us alone because when we're alone, we don't have that strength of the two and we don't have the strength of the three. And what, what I'm saying this morning, please receive it. I, I'm not giving, this is not a guilt message. 
It should be an inspirational message to us all, showing us how important relationships are. Amen. See, with, with the me in the scripture, with the individual salvation call, with the individual call to a relationship with God, for me as an individual Christ follower, there's an implied us always. There's always an implied, hey, in the context of the church. Paul wrote letters to the church so that they could read it together and be encouraged together and be strengthened together. Yeah, because we need each other. Here's an example of that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Not just mine, not just my salvation, but us, collectively. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some. And again, this is not a guilt message, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. This should be inspiration to us. This should be life to us, knowing that if we follow this, we will experience flourishing relationships. A flourishing relationship with God. Why? Holding fast to our confession. Because I, I know one of the things for sure, when we get back together and we're worshiping together, there's indescribable amounts of things happening. We're like, oh man, I need the Lord as much as that person does. Because listen to them and worship. And them worshiping God inspires me to worship God. Look at that person's faith. They've got their faith in God even through this difficult season. That inspires me. Look at this family bringing their kids to church even when city kids are shut down for this season. That inspires me. And that only happens together. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. We're not supposed to be doing this alone. Do it together. We could be the, the type of community that loves each other and prays for each other and helps each other. And do you understand a community like that in the world that we live in right now? It's an anomaly. In the midst of polarization of every kind where you're just supposed to like kind of hate the people that don't agree with you. This type of community, totally different. Inspire each other. We're holding fast to the confession of our hope. Who is our hope in? And our hope is in Christ. Come what may in the world, our hope is in Christ. Come what may tomorrow in the election, our hope is in Christ. Let's inspire each other with that.
Romans chapter 1, verse 11, For I long to see you, that I might impart some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That is the purpose of the All Together Challenge. Pastor Brennan, don't tell me what to do. Fine. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to inspire you. When we do the scripture, we can mutually encourage each other's faith. When we get together. And we be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. This is the last point here. That we would be unified in heart and prayer. In other words, our affection and then our desires. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Now, all of what I just read there, that's context-specific to relationships. I'm, I'm hopeful that you're all of those things, but that only is valuable when you have a friend that you can share it with. You have unity of mind. In other words, two, two people coming together, both following Jesus. Oh, and our lives are going in the same direction. And we can have sympathy for each other. Brotherly love. We're in the family together. Tender heart. I know you messed up, but don't quit. And I know I know life has been hard, but don't quit. I'm in this with you. And even if I don't see you every day, even if I don't text you every day, I am in this with you. We are family. Psalm 133, verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like precious oil on the head running down on the beard and on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. Where? Man, in that place of unity. You know, like I said, I, got, I have a lot of pastor friends I was able to get together with a few of them this past Sunday night. You know, we all just have similar stories. And we're all just like, we're just going to hang. We're just, we just sat there with each other and talked for a while. And we're just, it was just a beautiful unity that we're all going through the same stuff. But then we know we're there for each other. We're not texting each other every day. Those pastors know that I'm in their corner. I know that they're in my corner. Man, there's just something beautiful about that. That's what we have the potential of for godly covenant relationships. We're almost done. Matthew 18, verse 18 says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I say to you, if you two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Agreement, coming together. Now again, in the context of understanding prayer, 
the things that we're asking for are according to the word of God, according to the will of God. It's not, Lord, can you transport us to Mars? That You don't have a verse for that. So with the agreement that we have is for what God has established. And so when we come together and we agree on that, the Lord gets involved. He is the third chord of the three. It's you and me and Jesus. That's what we need to think about in our marriages. That's what we need to think about in our friendships. It's you and me and Jesus. Because you and I are going to give strength to each other. But then that other gear that we need, that strength beyond is going to come from the Lord. Because that's all the goodness that I would have as a pastor. It has nothing to do with me as a human. The only goodness that I have as a pastor is to tell you to put your trust in God. And I'm going to pray with you for that. To, To point us all to the Lord. Yeah, we're in relationship with each other, but the best part of our relationship is we can put our trust in God. The best part of the you and me being friends is we can put our trust in God and we can put our hope in God. And we can be faithful, covenant friends. Just there, just available, not going anywhere. A faithful friend. Last verses, then we're done. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, verse 16, confess your sins one to another. That takes a measure of closeness, don't you think? You know, if I said to you right now, you're sitting with your family, most likely, or somebody that you know, but you might not be sitting the next section of people you might not actually know. And if I told you to tell them, go tell that person your worst sin you've ever committed. It's not the most comfortable thing, is it? But when you have somebody that you're close to, somebody that is faithful, somebody that you know is born for adversity, you're okay that I'm really struggling with this. I'm going through this. This thing has been hard. This is difficult. To confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as this working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Prayed fervently that it might not rain and for three years and six months and it did not rain on the earth and he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if any among you wanders from the truth, someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. See, this is this is a part of the story of the family of God. 
this is a story of humanity. We're all prone to wander, but we need friends to bring us back. And that means you got to put yourself out there for some friends. You got to put yourself in the context where somebody can be friends with you and you can be friends with them. And you could have some honest conversations and you could pray for each other and you could inspire each other and we could say to each other, let us put our hope, let's put our trust in God together. Let's just pray this morning. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the family of God. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters in the room, our brothers and sisters watching online. That we can inspire each other, we can help each other. And the faith that we are putting in God right now in this moment, in this season, can be of benefit to somebody else. God, we pray that you help us in our relationships. We pray, Lord, that you help us to get over our concerns, our fear about getting in relationships. Because, God, we know that you've called us to be in the family of God so that we can know each other. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you've never taken a first step in your relationship with God, all of us together as a church family, both in the room and watching online, and what we know together as a group is that following Jesus is the best decision you could ever make. So this invitation doesn't just come from me, it comes from all of us. And we tell you, man, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus. That he came and he lived a sinless life and he died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And him doing all of that provided for us righteousness, right standing with God. And all we have to do is say yes to that relationship. God offers it to us. And when we say yes to that relationship, he invites us into this relationship in the family of God. So if you're here in the room, if you're watching online, if you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer. I invite you to pray along with me. This prayer is just a starting point of discipleship. It's not just a one-time thing. It's saying yes to Jesus, but then it's pointing your life towards him. It's turning around from how you used to live and journeying in your faith in God. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and church you pray along with me. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. And you raised him from the dead. So I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and turn from my own. I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's congratulate those today that did that. Hey, if you do.
did that for the very first time. We actually have some materials uh, that we would love to put into your hand. Like I said, this is just the beginning of a journey. This is not the end point. Uh, we want you to grow and be discipled in Jesus. So we have some materials that we would love to put into your hand. If you just go to the info desk there in the lobby, somebody will greet you and get those materials in your hand. If you are watching online today and you prayed that prayer, you started a relationship with God, there's a place for you to click request prayer. Um, if you click that, one of our hosts, online hosts, will connect with you and get those same materials into your hands to help you on your journey of faith. Well, thank you so much for being in the room today. Thank you for joining us online. We know that you're going to have a great week. We know that you're going to vote tomorrow. And then we know that you're going to pray tomorrow night for our prime minister or our new prime minister. Amen. All right. Have a great week. Love you so much. You're dismissed.